Welcome to Story Comic Presents, where we interview amazing storytellers and artists. This is episode 336. I'm your host, Barney Smith of StoryComic.com, and we're excited to have with us the internationally acclaimed illustrator and comic book artist, Andrew Kronke. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. So before before we went live, we were talking before the show started that you and I have a mutual connection, uh, Phil Balsman. Phil Balsman, yep. Fantastic yep, lettering. And lettering for years. Eisner Award winning. That's right. Eisner Award winning. And he uh, and you guys went to the Joe Kubert School of Design together, correct? Yep. We are, uh, yeah, same class, all three years. We uh, right. yeah, next to each other, second and third year. Great friend. Hung out with him a ton. Yeah. Wonderful guy he, to have around. He, he's the yeah, amazing guy. He messaged me and he messaged me a couple months ago and he said, and he sent me. You have to get Andrew on the show. He has done this amazing book called Blood Rick. And more people need to know about this book. It's through, it's on, it's in Image Comics too, correct? Yep. Yeah. So, so, so talk to us a little bit about this, Andrew. Blood, so Blood Rick, this is, you, you have, um, it's issues, it's one through three, correct? There's three issues to it. And the latest one just came out as of, as of this recording uh, a couple weeks ago. Yeah, like a week, week and a half ago, I think. Yeah. Somewhere around. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, um, yeah so talk to us about Blood Rick. Uh, yeah, it's a three-issue miniseries. It's uh, something I, I started writing or a character I came up with back in 2009, I think. Wow. The first sketch of them. And uh, just been, I'm, uh, I say in the, in the opening to the first issue, I'm an illustrator first and a writer second. So it took me about 10 years to come up with a, decent story that I could, uh, illustrate. <laughs> and it's, uh, it's not a very dense story. It's very simple. I tried to keep it as simple as possible, but, uh, yeah, is it mainly uh, my, my excuse to draw a big brute stomping through the snow and hunting and all sorts of other fun, uh, heavy metal inspired imagery and uh, that kind of stuff. It's right. Yeah. Pretty good distillation of a lot of my influences, I think. So, and so, so talk to us a little bit about, you know, first you kind of came up with the, the idea of the, the character or the world itself? Uh, character first. I'm okay. uh, the type of guy I just like to sit and design characters, draw interesting looking dudes, and then just kind of think of the story of what they could be or, or you know, the kind of world they could inhabit uh, around that. Um, so yeah, I was, I was listening to a lot of Viking metal back mm. in 2009 and, uh, just wanted something that kind of aesthetic. Wanted to draw a big, burly dude. I don't know. I was on a, another one of my Stephen Platt kicks or something like that. And those two things <laughs> together, I guess Bloodrick kind of came out. So. Okay, I see. Uh, so, so talk to us a little bit about Bloodrick. What's his uh, what? What's his case? So, so we're looking at for our audio listeners. We're looking at this photo of of a photo, this image of him just like holding up all these animals that he seemed to have hunted. Is that what Yeah, that's is? that's how that's how Bloodrick pictures himself as this big, even bigger and burlier, uh more decked out woodsman hunter. Um Okay. Who's yeah, sees himself <laughs> as the king of the woods. The woods is is his 
basically his grocery store and anything that lives inside that woods is his to eat. And <laughs> that idea he doesn't care for. So, uh, at the beginning of this story, when he's out hunting and he can't find something to eat, he gets very frustrated and angry. He doesn't understand it. It confuses him. And, uh, he, I don't know how to describe it. He, he, uh, yeah, he doesn't deal well with failure. He's not a, a well adapted guy to that. So, um, okay. Yeah. He kind of, he forces himself into a, an area of, into a wasteland and stuff where he's not, uh, familiar with the, the, environment or landscape and gets himself into trouble he lets his ego kind of lead him into trouble i guess is the way I would okay but, uh, now is this so, so talk so is this a kind of a a comic book that seems to have some sort of homage to conan and grew the wanderer or what is because there seems to be some comedy and there's also seems to be some you know blood with it too yeah i, I would definitely say more grew than conan okay I don't know how much I should say about how little I've read of Conan comics. I'm aware <laughs> I, bought, I bought some just for the art because, you know, they had some good artists on it over the years. But I'm not right. a, a huge, I'm not a Conan head. I don't know his mythology or any of that stuff. I've read more Gru comics for sure. And I, I, I do like to try to add the, the humor into it without being too uh, goofy or over the top. But uh, yeah, definitely inspired by, you know, any of the, the comics that are just a single character. Um, kind of traipsing across a landscape or getting into, you know, different environments and stories. Could be Gru, could be Usagi Ujimbo, uh, Hellboy, you know, where it's just kind of a single main character. You can kind of plop him into a lot of different stories. Um, okay. Uh, I think he's kind of a good fit for that. And, yeah, each issue has a, a backup story in it. Um, okay. The, the main story, the main, uh, story in the the three issues i'd originally done as two small ash cans just to sell at conventions and stuff like that um and then i kind of fleshed it out with a few more pages and with the full color and everything once it got uh, picked up at image Uh, so so talk to us a little bit about that so you wrote this out first and then did you approach image or did they come knock on your door how did that work uh Image didn't approach me. I, I got a little help from Robert Kirkman. He follows me on Twitter. Um, okay. And he saw me posting the ash cans and some of the art from the book. And he just hit me up and wanted copies of the ash cans. And so I, I was able to get that to him at uh, New York Comic Con one year. And then when I finally put the pitch together to get it ready to submit to Image, I just hit him up and said, hey, can I run the pitch past you? And he said, sure, okay. email it to me. And he gave me his email address. And so I sent him the pitch. And like a couple hours later, he sent me back an email and it just said, congratulations in it. And he had sent the pitch personally to Eric Stevenson, who gave it the thumbs up. And that was basically the the pitch process. It was one day. <laughs> it was very quick. I did not expect it to be like that. I thought I'd have to go through you know, the normal channels. Um, right. So it got a big, a big help from Robert Kirk. I, I owe him a lot uh, for that. Right. Um, yeah. And also, too, it's, it looks like it's it's already had a second printing. Issue number one's already had a second printing, so it seems to have done really well so far. It did decent. I was, I was really happy. Yeah, the, the first issue sold out. Like, the first day it was on the shelves, I got the email that said, hey, people had enough reorders that the first issue had sold out. You know, so we went ahead and did the second printing. Um, 
you know, the response, the response is very good. It's, it's comic books. So you always kind of wish that it would sell more, no matter what you sell, you know, these days, comics, right. single issues aren't in the best shape, but, uh, it did, it did very well for, I mean, I'm a pretty much unknown creator. This is the first thing I've ever put out, uh, just by myself. So, you know, new character, nobody knows new creator. Nobody knows the fact that a decent amount of people took a chance on it. Um, pretty proud of that so i was very very happy with the response is because it's a it's a, th- a it's a three issue miniseries which seems someone that's collected comics over the years you've always had there's always been you know four issue minis or six issues i've never seen a three issue miniseries <laughs> is this what made you decide to just have it be three issues uh yeah there's not a ton of them out there the only ones i can think of are three issues go <laughs> When they back in the day, like Marvel would adapt like a, a movie adaptation, they would do that. Like the right. Indiana Jones uh, movies, I remember those adaptations because I love those. They were all three issues, but it, yeah, it doesn't happen that much. Um, really, the only reason Bloodwork is three issues is the original story I did it wasn't that long, so I could really okay. only break it into three issues. Uh, and even that was kind of stretching it. That's why I did the backup stories in each issue to kind of flesh it out. And you know, you want you want people to get bang for their buck when they pick the thing up so yeah i couldn't make it any longer than three and two i guess felt too short so uh, <laughs> yeah. is, is this a they're going to be more now since it seems to be doing really well are there is there more uh, blood rick issues that you're wanting to do now more stories that you want to tell with the character yeah I'm, I'm in the process of writing the second one right now uh okay i've got the bulk of it kind of figured out. I just need to sit down and actually write the scripts, um, which will take a, a decent amount of time. But yeah, there's more. Yeah, in the pro- I'm also in the process of uh, putting the trade together right now, getting a, uh, some supplemental material in the back of that, like making of behind the scenes work in progress stuff. Um, mm. Yeah, and also yeah, writing the second second chapter of whatever Bloodrick is going to be eventually. So right. Well, and and so. What makes a really good protagonist is having either like supporting characters or 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 antagonists. So, what are some of the things that people, those that are listening, say? Well, tell me a little bit more about it, Andrew. So, what what kind of the story arc is that that he's encountering? Um, I would say it's definitely kind of like a man versus nature kind of thing, where he's, mm-hmm. he's basically his only. I view him as just a woodsman slash hunter. Uh, so basically, his only only real struggle in life is just food and whatever surviving the <laughs> landscape that he's in uh again when i was working on the story i'm an illustrator first and so keeping it as simple as possible was was it's kind of my goal but uh so yeah it's just it's his hunger and then also just his own head he's i, I don't want to use the word stupid but that's kind of he's a bit dumb or single-minded not a real good guy at reasoning things out right. um so it's a little bit man versus nature, man versus himself. And uh, those are probably his two biggest challenges and kind of what drive the main story. And then the three backup stories is just every every time Bloodwork needs to learn stuff, I guess right. is the thing. Because he's, like I say, not the sharpest tool. Um, but then, you know, the, the landscape is, is try to keep it interesting, drawing forests and, and cool stuff like that. And then... Yeah, I don't know. Try to make cool visuals and, out of everything, but 
And is this something that takes place in like a fictional world, fantasy world, or does this take place on Earth? I, I view it as fictional. Okay. There's, there's, I mean, a, a dragon shows up in the second issue. Um, okay. Bloodwork's not sure if it's a real or if it's a figment of his imagination, but uh, I, I think it's a fantasy world. That being said, I don't like to lean too heavily into... I can't imagine ever putting a story of a wizard in any Bloodrick story or any mystical stuff like that. Cause I'm not a huge fan of that kind of thing. I'm also don't think I could pull it off and not sound cheesy. So try to keep <laughs> things fairly grounded in real life with just a right. little bit of extra stuff, whether it's Bloodrick hallucinating or eating something he shouldn't and seeing monsters in his head, that kind of thing. You know, you can still keep it interesting, but also fairly, fairly real. Because you, you've been a skilled illustrator and artist for over 20 years now. Um, was there any part of this comic that you kind of extended out your skill a bit to learn more about, whether it be drawing a particular animal or landscape or tree? Is there was something in there that you deliberately wanted to put in to challenge yourself as a as an artist? Yeah. Uh, the environment, kind of like what you're talking about, the animals, that was an uh, important part for me to you know draw them realistically, but not not from a textbook, if that makes sense. Mm. Trying to, you know, keep energy to the animals while still keeping them accurate to life was an important thing. The main struggle for me was doing the color of the book. Okay. I've, I think I'm an okay colorist, um, but that was the thing I was the most worried about and the thing I honestly spent the longest time on. It was much quicker to draw it than it was to color it. Um, oh, okay. it's, that's, I don't have that process down. I know there's guys that can do it fast and probably could have done it a lot better than I could, but... Uh, that was the main thing I was kind of worried about was, you know, picking the right color palette and making sure nothing looked too stupid or too boring. It's kind of hard. And, and so what do you use? Do you use like Photoshop or, or Clip Studio? What do you use for your? Uh, your yeah, I use, I use Photoshop. That's, okay. I'm uh, not always the best at adopting new technology and I've been using Photoshop for 20 years and I hope I never have to learn anything else. But uh, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, just kind of picking like one of the right colors because mm -hmm. people do a lot. You can do a lot in Photoshop with comic books and people do some crazy, amazing things. And I probably couldn't pull any of those off. So I wanted to keep it very simple and kind of almost like almost like a color palette that would have been in comics back in the late 80s, early 90s before computer colors kind of went crazy. And everybody started doing over rendered gradients on everything, which isn't my favorite. Um, so just kind of figuring that out was, was a lot of fun, but also mm. took a little, uh, work. And, and so when, when it came to actually, as you said, you've been working on this for quite a while. Um, did you write the script out first? Cause you mentioned that, you know, you kind of like were doodling and you kind of came up with a character. At what point did you? sat down and we were like serious about writing the script and did you have any of your writer friends kind of proof it before before you actually started before you actually started to uh sketch out the sketch out the comic lay out the pages um that yeah. would have been smart i have a few writer <laughs> friends I probably should have ran it past um it's it started like i had written like three or four different scripts for bloodrick over the 10 years and i thought okay, okay. that you know, I wrote a decent script and then I would kind of just set it aside for a little bit and I'd go back to it and I wasn't real happy with it. And it was, you know, I 
revise the same kind of idea over and over again. And finally, like the last script, the one I ended up working off of was very simple. Um, the story was a lot smaller than other things I had written. Um, and, and it's kind of how I wanted to keep it because the longest thing I had written and drawn up till starting Bloodrick was like a 12 page short story things for fun. And so this was a much bigger thing. And so I wanted it to kind of start as like a, you know, like a bite side, like an idea, like a very simple script. And then I was just going to start drawing pages. And if those pages worked and I'd keep doing more and more and just kind of keep doing pages until it got into a full size thing. And so the script was very, it was, it was full in beginning to end. All the dialogue was in there. The narration was in it. And then just kind of what Bloodrick was doing in between those things. So it wasn't like broken down by pages or panels, definitely not by panels. Um, so yeah, like I said, it was a full script, but it was very, it was written just for me. I knew I was going to be the only one reading it and only one that had to make sense out of it. Um, so yeah, I, I, and then that's kind of the system I've been using for like the backup stories and, and the one I'm working on now. Uh, it seems to work best for me. Right. And so how does this compare Bloodrick uh, illustrating your own comic as compared to working on somebody else's comic? It's, de it's definitely different. I, I prefer working on stuff that um, that I've written and I kind of have control over because I, I can change <laughs> things on the page. And that happened right. a lot. You know, where I like, I'd have dialogue written out in the script and then I could, I mean, as I'm laying out panels, go, well, that word bloom would fit better here. And you can kind of just do that on the fly when you're the writer and an artist. Or you go like, mm -hmm. oh, you know, I need a, a mood panel or a mood couple of panels in between things. And you can just pace the book better. You just have more... I don't know, you can be, you can affect the feel of the book more and you just, I don't know, it's, you can get, be much more naturalistic with the way you approach the story and, and, and get it out there. And, and, and when you're working with a, another writer, I personally, because, you know, my, my day job is, is a freelance illustrator and I work with our directors and clients and everybody has, you know, opinions. And then my job is to in, give them what they want and try to interpret what they want and try to be very mindful of what will make them happy. And so mm -hmm. when you're working on a comic with a, a writer, I kind of fall into that, that role sometimes, I think a bit too much, where okay. I don't maybe ask enough questions or push back or say, hey, we should do this, or I just kind of like take the script as, at face value and, and maybe do it too plainly or just, uh, it feels very rigid to me, which is, which is fine. It's a good exercise to, to try to interpret other people's ideas that's definitely helped over the years um but it's 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 a different creative process and i sometimes think i work okay with others but i don't think it's when i'm at my best if I <laughs> so, i've had a lot of blasts working with other writers you know and, and on other people's right. scripts and, and it's cool to interpret fun ideas and I've, I've gotten to do it quite a bit but it's just i don't think I don't think I've ever hit a home run when I'm drawing other people's. Is this going to give you more freedom to concentrate on your own IP than it is to working on other somebody else's IP now? I think so. I mean, I, I don't want to go back to working on other people's scripts, I guess. The ones I've, I've done this once and it was addictive. The whole process, just beginning to end, was a blast. Uh, a lot of work and there was, you know, a lot of headaches along the way, but it was just a lot of fun getting it out there and getting the feedback from people has been awesome. Um, <clears throat> I mean, I, 
I haven't made a ton of money off of it, but that, again, that's comic book. So, I mean, I, I suppose you always have the freedom to do whatever you want as long as you don't have to worry about money. But uh, right. yeah, it's it's definitely given me the confidence, which is the the biggest thing that Blood has done. It's just you know the confidence to do it again. I've done it once, and it feels like a more attainable thing. Right. Um, if you if you've never done, if, you know, for twenty years after I got out of Cubert school, I hadn't made my own comic which feels right. like time wasted a little bit but you know once you do it once it all of a sudden becomes less of a a, a big idea in my head and it, much more attainable and something that i definitely want to yeah focus on for sure right perfect so then so 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 andrew if people want to learn more about your work and your and your product where's the best place they could go to uh chumline.com that's my website um it's got yeah, some of the comics I've done, uh, samples of that. Uh, yeah, some pinups and stuff like that. Links to all my social media stuff. I post pretty regularly on Instagram just to stay active and get stuff out there. Uh, and yeah. Shark House. Shark House. That's the the longest thing I had written before Bloodrick. It was a twelve page, just fun little comic I did uh, on my lunch breaks at work. Right, and then yep, yep, Bloodrick is right on the top. That's. Uh sold out first printing on issue number one and second printing is already out. And yep. so for those that are interested in wanting to pick up blood rig, the best place they could go to then is probably going to your local comic book shop, go to your local comic shop. And if they still have issues, you can grab them there. Uh, if all goes as planned, the trade will come out mid June. That's when it's scheduled for right now. Um, like I said, I'm putting it together. And unless there's a hiccup, it should be out then. It should be on Amazon and all the, the normal places. Well, listen, Andrew, when you have your next uh, Bloodrick story coming out, you got to come back on and talk about it. Yeah, that would be great. Well, th- yeah, thank you so much, Andrew. No, my pleasure. Thank you for having me. I don't know. You just disappeared. Did you hit the? Did you hit a button or something? I wasn't touching <laughs> nothing. <laughs> okay, that was weird. Goes in the machine. <laughs> That's good. I get to edit this part out. That's fine. So okay, it'll be so smooth, nobody will even notice. So, yeah. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Feel free to. So, edit so out. once again, say 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 again the uh, that you have to put the trade together. Say that part. Yeah. I'm